Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy right. making our free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hi, my name's Mara. There's a lot going on in South Australia at the moment, with the federal government determined to select a site for the National Radioactive Waste Management Facility by the end of the year. Their desperation is showing. On Monday 23rd of July, Minister Canavan announced the tripling of the financial package to the chosen community from a one-off payment of $10 million to $31 million. This comes not long after the Department of Industry, Innovation and Science tripled the purported employment benefits of the facility from 15 to 45 jobs, with no actual change in the proposal. There's currently a Senate inquiry underway into the flawed site selection process. Public hearings were held in early July in Kimber and in Hawker, and a Canberra hearing will be held in early August before the Senate Committee report their findings on the 14th of August. From the 20th of August, the communities are being asked to participate in a ballot to gauge community sentiment. Neither the findings of the Senate report nor the results of the ballot are binding on the Minister, who continues to avoid defining what constitute the broad community support needed to select a site. Today we'll hear extracts from the regional hearings. This show was recorded on Bangala and Adnyamantha land and produced on Ghana land for 3CR in Nam or Melbourne. To begin with, we'll hear from the public hearing held in Kimber. I just wanted to say that I was also born in Kimber, but my family moved to Port Augusta when I was very young. And um, although I live in Port Augusta, my people are still native title holders of this land, so we're still concerned about what happens. And I want to know why the department did not notify us and why they're saying that there were no Aboriginal sites here and they didn't even consult us. They've consulted the uh, Kimber community, but as native titles of holders of this land and Aboriginal people, they should have consulted us as well. I find that saddening and totally disrespectful. I think that with any site that the, the department is engaging, they need to go through, the department needs to do their due diligence. So they need to decide whether they've got appropriate neighbour support, decide whether they've got the local Indigenous community supportive as such. They, they need to decide whether they've got council support. Obviously, everybody's councils are a little bit different. Um, the neighbour structures are probably a little bit different. But these are things that they can say, right, we have what we, we think is neighbour support in Kimber, we have what we think is neighbour support in Morgan. At the end of the day, there should still be able to be a percentage set on that vote because they need to pick off those things before they even go to a vote. So when it gets to a vote, then they should be, right, well, we've, we've done our due diligence and we're now at the stage of a vote, then the vote needs to be a percentage. So, so to the extent possible, your, your view is these, these processes at, at, at Hawker and Kimber and perhaps even at Leonora in Western Australia ought to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Can you send a go with that? Um, Scott, the, the appropriateness and thoroughness of the process, do you have uh, 
a detail or a general view about that. I mean, it's been going on for three years. Yep. You have been interacting with the minister and stakeholders. Yep. So it hasn't been thorough and appropriate. Okay, so um, the department has been very thorough in their representation within our town. They've been here a lot. Um, I would include in thorough there. And I don't feel as though the representation has been fair and I don't feel as though it's been very transparent, which they love to use the word transparent a lot. Yet on one day in Kimber, way back at the start when we had our first consultation, at a meeting at Court Linney with Court Linney neighbours, they were talking 15 jobs. They then went on to Pinkalooney and they took six jobs. They then came to a meeting in town with the Probus where they spoke 20 plus jobs. So the information that's getting out to the public is very inconsistent and it has been the whole way through. I myself have always known about the intermediate level waste, but it hasn't been spoken about anywhere near as much as the low level waste. The politicians that have been promoting the facility on the radio have constantly talked about low level waste and I've written to all of them about it. Um, they return, refer to the terms low or medium. The waste is not medium, it is intermediate. Medium refers to in the middle. Intermediate waste is not in the middle. Um, so there's been very interesting information. Uh, around the world when they run um, processes like this, generally when they go to a community, they know exactly what they're going to be building and they know who's going to be operating. The facility so they can give the community all of that information the day they get there so you know exactly what sort of facility you're talking about what's going to be stored there who's going to run it where the transport routes are going to come through how it's going to come boat train all of these things we've not still been given any information on that sort of stuff not a lot of uh, choice in respect to transport, I would say. Yeah. What, what other options? Well, if it comes by road, it comes on the highway. Does it come by road? Well, what I'm saying is there's not a lot of choice in respect to transporting. Well, by road, there's only one highway in. It may come by boat. It may come by rail. We don't know. If it comes by boat, which roads it going to come through? But there are national regulations about transportation of radioactive substances right now. But we haven't been given any of this information. So how does Port Lincoln know how they feel about it or how does Port Justin know how they feel about it? It depends which, so which route. The these these are much broader issues than the appropriateness of the consultation in this well, community. Well, I think that consultation should include all the information. We haven't been given an inventory list of what waste is going to be stored there. Waste up, no 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 waste up. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We just heard some of the speakers at the public hearing in Kimber about the flawed site selection process into the Federal Government's proposed radioactive waste facility. Next, we'll hear from some of the speakers at the public hearing held in Hawker in the Flinders Ranges. So, good morning. Uh, Ines Marsh is an Anyamatna elder, and this is her statement for July 2018, and she's asked me to read it to the people here today. Stop. Wait. This is our land. This is our language. Both the state and federal governments promised the people of South Australia that a nuclear waste dump can only go ahead if there was community consent. Whitefellas, stop stretching the truth. The people of South Australia have been pushed around on this matter for long enough. When does the words no start to sink in with government and industry? 
and don't tell us we're not ready for nuclear waste dump. Stop insulting our intelligence. Put this poison in a rich electorate and see what the people there say about a nuclear waste dump in their backyard. The Adnyamatna people continue to say no to this poison on our sacred land. We say no because we understand the dangers and risks of nuclear waste. From our knowledge passed on for hundreds of generations to the new whitefella knowledge, we know the poison lasts a long, long time and it can't be contained. The Adnyamatna women want respect. The women want the authorities to listen to their demands in protecting their sacred lands at Pakapanda, Wallabadina and Hookna Spring. This place is a sacred women's site and has been seen this way for thousands of years. We have a human right to protect our culture for future generations. The Yuramuda, our history, our spiritual connection with the land, dates back to when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. We look after this planet for all living things and we will keep doing this. Our many friends across Australia also want to look after the planet. We do not want your money, we do want you to stop bullying. The saga so far over the past three years. South Australians have had enough pressure from both governments about an international waste dump and a national waste dump. The SA Royal Commission community submissions, two citizens juries, a PANSA and the NRWMF with a PANSA CEO, Dr. Carl Mangus Larson. 35,000 postcard signatures handed, delivered to the Premier Jay Weatherall. Countless broken promises. The economics don't add up. Nuclear waste is not a money maker. Government experts say so, but government and industry don't listen. The people of South Australia say no over and over, but government and industry don't listen. Aboriginal voices say no under Aboriginal heritage law, native title law, but government and industry don't listen. Rallies in Adelaide, Port Pirie, Port Augusta and Hawker. Hundreds of media reports. The South Australian <coughs> branch of Maritime <coughs> Union Australia support the people in saying no. They confess their workers will not touch this dangerous and poisonous stuff. No means no. Whatever happened to Aboriginal reconciliation? Whatever happened to human rights? Attention, Australian governments and nuclear industry. Stop wasting taxpayers' money. Stop stretching the truth. Stop fishing for support. Stop dividing communities. Stop dividing families. Stop lying to traditional owners. Stop standing over people. Stop forcing a nuclear waste dump on regional Australians. As part of the, the process of, and so the governments, the federal government in terms of looking at um, um, sites for the, for the waste, waste dump, in, in doing so they came out and talked to community, like Hawker Community Court and other individual groups that never once came to ATLA as the prescribed body corporate, as they, you know, it's required under their laws that they wanted to speak with one body, but they, they didn't. To a point where I actually wrote, I made a public statement and I wrote to Frydenberg and, and <coughs> made a point of that, and uh, he was then happy to send his people out because he was under the impression that 
his, his department was talking to the Yagaman and Traditional Lands Association, but this wasn't happening. So he sent his people out to come and talk. After hearing uh, the 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 uh, presentation by the by Ento crowd to the Argument and Traditional Lands Association, it was then it's the, the responsibility of um, Atla to be given some direction from the community. Atla went back to the community and and presented the information. The community voted against having the waste dump. Overwhelming. Voted against the waste dump. Atla then reaffirmed its position and also voted as a board not to support the waste dump. So uh, um, there's a, there's a election that's been um, proposed, uh, a vote for or against the waste dump that's going to be conducted by, as I believe, um, the Electoral Commission. Uh, and I believe that this process here can make recommendation as a way forward. The argument of the people, I mean, as you heard earlier, the, the, there's a, there's a, um, a, a sign of some sort saying out of district. However, the Flinders Road Council is still able to participate in the voting process. There's also people, there's, they say there's a, there's a, um, a ray, you know, somebody, so much a radius of the, the, the site area, can have 50 kilometres, 50 kilometres radius. I think you'll probably find some, some areas within the Flinders Range Council is outside of the 50 kilometre radius. Yeah. Um, this area falls within the Agamutna traditional lands. We have a right. We have a right to participate. I demand that we have, we are given that opportunity to participate in that that voting exercise. On behalf of my people, that is our right. History like that. And, Not and tourism and the nuclear waste dumps couldn't coexist, but we're saying there is likely to be some impact and no one knows that. No one has measured in France whether tourism would have been 10% higher if they didn't have a low level waste facility. Although a BCC member who went to the Champagne region coincidentally asked her tour operator, where's your low level facility we hear about in the Champagne region? And the tour operator said, we don't have a facility here, went away, researched it overnight and came back and said, yeah, it's right on the edge of the Champagne region. It's not in our tourist area. It's 73 million tourists a year, the highest number in Europe. Yes. And if there is a 2% drop in tourism in the Flinders Ranges with an annual expenditure of 425 million and 1,900 jobs in tourism, a 2% decrease from the reputational risk in tourism would lose 38 jobs, a 5% decrease would lose 95, a 2% decrease in tourism. I'm not saying that a 50% decrease, but just a 2% decrease would lose 8.5 million in tourism income in just one year. That makes the 10 million and possibly 45 jobs much less attractive. Mm. Yeah, we've also got the Barn to User Consultative Committee, and you've made reference to that in your uh, in your submission. Uh, has that been an effective way of, uh, I guess, uh, 
method of liaising between the department and the community. No. Um, you've had 19 members on that. On that it's a very one-sided thing. The flow of information only comes from the departments. In the more than two years that the BCC has been operating, I've asked many times to have an independent geologist come and present to the BCC. Can we have Margaret Beavis? Can we have another independent person come to the BCC to speak to us once they have brought Dave Sweeney they have claimed we've asked for Atla or Billy Warrener to present to the BCC we see that as relevant to what the BCC is considering none of that has ever been possible in the two years the agenda is filled with what the department wants to tell us in the last meeting we had we were to have a report from ACOM about the geology Suddenly we're having repeats of speeches done two months before and when we picked that up and said, these are the same slides, this is the same thing you told us two months ago, they said, oh, well, I keep getting... Bruce... Uh, no, Ian Carter said, we, you keep asking the same question, so we thought we'd give you the same talk again. Mm. I believe that was to put the ACOM onto another... <coughs> meeting where probably the independent geologists will finally, after more than two years of asking, be allowed to speak. So, Levine, um, Senator, you asked a question about how better the process. First and foremost, the recognition that ATLA is the peak body and that that first they have to come and have that conversation with ATLA, not go to one of the core groups, which Billy Warriner is. Um, that straight away has caused the division. Um, we have a membership, and like um, the CEO, Vincent, talked about, that at the AGM and the special general meeting, it was voted by the members that... Um, that they do not support the proposal, how, how many times must ATLA go to and, and report um, to the body um, that we as a people say no to it? Is it, uh, is it the only time they're going to listen if ATLA turned around and changed its mind and said yes? So how much is... You know, when are they going to listen? In terms of the the other, um, you know, the other, um, when when our people talk, like um, I was listening to Annie Regina, and she's had many conversations with um, Bruce Wilson and Rebecca, um, but the the toll it has taken on her um, um, physically, mentally, must a member of Ajumatna pass away as a result of all of these um, failed negotiations. Um, so, you know, it's, it's concerning. The women, like uh, we talked about the the site when the, about the um, uh, when they went and done the markings and they put the crosses down. Must be for that uh, when they go and they're going to mark the places out and there was desecration to the site. Now, that was brought to the attention. It, it said that it was state heritage, it was listed, um, and then all they came back is, um, they came back and they had a conversation to to how that would, um, how, um, what should take place, 
um, the chair, uh, the CEO wrote to them, um, but was totally abused and, and ignored and said, how can he talk about for women's issues? He had got it from the women, um, advice from the women, and then they was going to send in a, a delegation of women um, to go and do a healing process when the main person who had recorded the song lines, who had been involved in the process, was at that time in the Royal Adelaide Hospital. Um, but they said, oh, we don't have to. We don't have to wait for her. That can just happen. Um, so they weren't taking into consideration her health and the reasons why. And it has been, a, it has been as a result of all of this. Um, um, as soon as the, you know, the, this site was um, going to be um, one of the sites they were going to look at. But I have, and, and as a, as a um, elder rep on ATLA, and as the, you know, the women's elder rep, one of the youngest, I think, um, but they, they stand against it. They don't want it. The protection of um, a woman's sight. Things that we can't talk about, you know, we've got a whole, sorry, but we have a whole lot of men as the, you know, that we're reporting to on, on a woman's site is off the board. But the, the other thing in relation to the French, when they came, I was here at the, when they had the delegation, and I asked the French, um, one of the ones who had a farm right next to um, where they had the proposed, where they had their waste dump facility, or waste facility, whatever you want to call it. I asked him about whether they would put a site, uh, the waste, uh, a waste facility near a sacred site or whatever like that. And he said, no, they wouldn't. And I said, well, can you give us an example of whether, you know, your French people were um, um, consulted? And they said, yeah, there was a forest that was pretty close and all the people were consulted and they said, no, they didn't want it at this particular place. And I remember Annie Regina saying that, well, so you wouldn't put me in Notre Dame? And they said, no, we wouldn't. And I say, well, that Notre Dame, how they perceive it, the French... How they see their Notre Dame might be very similar is to just how be, you see your... Exactly, and that's why I said, just because there is no structure out there mm -hmm. as such, the site, and I asked my father, and my father is the, um, the second, um, second oldest of the Mackenzie family. So, um, and he said, he said, you know, he said, when we go out and I tell you the stories of the country, I don't tell you as in a storybook. So you can't compare it to a once upon a time because there is no once upon a time. There is no ending. So what we see before us is not buildings or structures. The land and the environment around us is the story. If that is interrupted, if that is destroyed, then you cannot tell your, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, because the landscape has changed. So the story stops in as much as if you want to see it visually. So I can explain to my... I'm not, I'm not saying that it stops from when I'm talking to my family and trying to explain it, but visually they can't see it. And I think that when, the, when we're talking about this 
the land itself, and we're talking about investment, it's not a monetary investment. We have a spiritual investment and a cultural obligation to the land. And when, we, when they had those cultural monitors out there, if I can say it really quickly, the cultural monitors that went out there, I was out, I wouldn't participate in it, but I was out there when the ground shook. Four times in that one week that we were there, and I watched two of my cousins now, they were at that 20th of the meeting, they were saying, yeah, we'll go for it. But when they came back, when that girl <coughs> shook, they were singing out to their um, great-grandparents for help because they think that they, they said that they'd done something wrong, that they shouldn't have been out there, that the land was speaking to them. It's really hard to understand. People might think that's just a whole lot of rubbish but they were mentally and physically distraught because of what had taken place. That sound out there was like a road train coming through and it was, it was they felt that they had now messed up just being present there in, in looking at the land. So it is more important when we look at it that it's not of money. We can't put a dollar sign to it. That is not our investment. You might say you build up, and that's why I say Western society <coughs> says you've got to have money in a bank. You've got to build up all of that. Well, I'll say if we're going to be here, we're the oldest continued living culture in the world. We didn't. That didn't happen overnight. We were. We are the scientists. We are the. We are the keepers of this land, and that's and and. You as senators, you get to enjoy this land because it's people like what I'm, what I'm a descendant of, the people, the original peoples of this land have kept this land and you can enjoy that. The minute we put there, we destroy. And the other thing, just in relation to when we go and about waste, that when, when, when there's waste there, it hasn't been, con when I say contaminated by radioactivity, then it's dangerous. So why would we want that back? We, we can put back waste that hasn't been, con like, um, hasn't been through a radioactive um, reactor. That's got to stay. That's not no longer ours. So I'll, I just wanted to say that. <coughs> We just heard some of the speakers at the public Senate inquiry hearings in Kimber and Hawker about the flawed site selection process into the federal government's proposed radioactive waste facility. If you'd like to read transcripts, transcripts, if you'd like to read transcripts of the hearings, you can find a link to them on our website, along with links to articles relevant to this show. Please sign and share the petition to Minister Canavan. It's at www.conservationsa.org.au/nuclear. Also please, call <clears throat> also, please consider calling Minister Canavan and voice your concerns, particularly around the limited eligibility to participate in the ballot, which means that many traditional owners with a strong connection to country currently do not get to have their say. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact... You can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. 
The Radioactive Show was produced on Ghana land with support of Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free Collective for 3CR Melbourne and is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.